listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. Podcasting to you from the middle of the state in the middle of the country where we are doing our best Snapchat podcast impersonation. I am one of your hosts and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Piedmont, Oklahoma, beautiful Oklahoma, where I either have a cold or Omicron, but does it really matter? I'm Andrew Hoffman. You gotta get tested, man. Go get tested. You gotta get tested. You gotta get tested. You gotta get tested. You gotta get tested. Yeah, oh my gosh, take a test. Yeah, it's like, well, if you can't tell the difference, does it? Then take a test. Dude, yeah. how do you know if you don't take a test? So, you got to take a test. Trying to make it through with no Tylenol. <gasps> Why? So, is Tylenol bad for you too? Yeah, Tylenol is bad for your li- uh, liver. Yeah. I thought ibuprofen was worse, but. Um, yeah. Turns out pretty much none of it. No, no ibuprofen either. So yeah. we'll You're not doing either? No. Yeah. Just vitamins and turmeric and there's, yeah. So. Well, sort of go. surviving. Made it through, you know, 45 minutes of pure gold there. <laughs> and... Apparently the internet went out. Um, oh my gosh! So Skype. Uh, for those, listen, folks, you cannot blame me for this one because, uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I didn't. I did press record, folks. Yeah. I did press record, but we just recorded 45 minutes on this stupid Microsoft product named Skype, and uh, it, it it's not it's not showing up. It's not giving us recording i'll keep that that window open if that recording pops up we'll stitch it together later but other than that kind of frustrating but we are here we wanted to get a show out we said we would it's going to be uh christmas in a couple of days we hope everybody is doing well we want to wish everybody a merry christmas first off i guess i could start off with this we'll start in a different way than we did the last part of the the show but we want to yeah. thank dan danny from medford oregon for uh producing last week's show we didn't even get a chance to cover the donations there was only one and of course if there's only one you know who it's going to be it's going to be danny thank you danny yeah, yeah from medford for thank you for for producing episode 255 so we appreciate you and i mean before i forget we could almost just jump into it right now but uh this week's producers uh danny from medford oregon as per usual so thank you danny we want to pre- we appreciate you again and uh, also Ian. Ian is our buddy down there in Western Australia. He said he still remains unvaxxed and relatively free. So things are going okay for Hanging him down there. there. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's making it somehow. So that's that's pretty cool, right? Those uh, Australia reports are great to get to. Absolutely. Did you get the last one? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just donated uh, $50 as a Christmas gift. Wanted to thank you both for your efforts and put it into the podcast. Despite all the madness going on, I'm unvaccinated as before and living relatively free here in Western Australia. We're still confined to this state and supposedly our overlord premier of the state, Mark McGowan, will allow the state to open up from the 5th of February next year. But with caveats, also only for those fully vaccinated. In other states, New South Wales, for example, the case numbers are skyrocketing even in spite of most of people being jabbed. In fact, it can only have been in spite fully, of. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it can only have been fully jabbed people who brought the latest scariant to Australia. Even so, the hospitals have only seen a small uptick in numbers. However, news reports still only encourage people to get jabbed or boosted. And then the ever at ever decreasing time intervals. The logical conclusion would tell everyone to relax and get on with their lives, but not when there's mass psychosis and COVID clown world. Wishing you both and your families a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks, Ian. And we're wishing you a happy or Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. 
Yes. Merry Christmas. And then we had a couple people reach out. We had uh, our friend Kathy from out there in California. She reached out. She's getting you a, a hard copy of a book so you don't have to read on your phone. Yeah, the real Anthony Fauci. Thank you, Kathy, for that, because my uh, order attempt from bookshop.org was, in fact, backordered, just like wow. all the other places. So. Well, and we talked about it on the last Invisible show that just ended five minutes ago. Uh, but uh, during that last show, I opened up the bestseller list for books on Amazon. And we already know the answer to this, but uh, the the real Anthony Fauci is the real number one best bestseller. Uh, yes, on Amazon as well as other other places. Uh, so it's kind of cool. They're waking up. They're waking up. It's time. It's time. People are starting. Yeah, thirty six hundred reviews. Uh, five star. The n- number two, six hundred and fifty eight reviews. <laughs> Number three is Atomic Habits, which I think has been out for a very long time. That one already has 41,000 reviews. So anyway, Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl wrote a wrote a book. Okay. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Must be a weird existence for Dave Grohl, right? He, I mean, he is he is a talented musician. I'll give him that. Yeah, he is a talented musician. I saw him at the Arizona State Fair one time. There you go. Talented musician. But like I said, it must be weird to come out of Aberdeen, be hooked up with one of the, you know, kind of arguably most infamous rock stars of our our entire generation and then be kind of on your own and just have to like maintain some sort of coolness late into your 40s and 50s <laughs> i know what i'll do i'll write a book oh yeah, yeah i mean he's the first i think the first foo fighters album he played all the instruments on the recording right really yeah i think so no he's he's definitely he's definitely talented but not someone who i'm like Man, I wonder what his deep thoughts are. I hope he writes a book. Yeah. Oh, I was just—I just looked up Nirvana, and apparently they—they they recruited Dave Grohl in 1990, so they must have got a hold of him when they got to Seattle. So he didn't come from Aberdeen, but either way, interesting. Well, should we? I've got a, a Christmas article from the Vigilant Citizen. Hit me. Let's do this. All right. I'll keep checking the Skype to see if an episode pops up, but I don't think it's coming. So Christmas is not canceled. My 2021 holiday message from the Vigilant Citizen. The year 2021 was a turbulent one, and for the second year in a row, it was mostly defined by a lingering pandemic that's attempting to bring about a new normal. I personally tried to stay away from this topic because, for one, I'm sick and tired of hearing about it, let alone writing about it. Also, for a while, it seemed as if we were moving away from this nightmare. However, every time people start demanding for their rights and freedoms to be restored, a new variant appears. At the end of summer, the Delta variant appeared and and justified the masking of children who were going back to school. Also, it justified a new and highly controversial measure, the vaccine passport. In April 2020, I published an article about Bill Gates casually indicating on red read it that a digital certificate would be used to identify those who received the COVID-19 vaccine. That was months before these vaccines even existed. Now, remember an- that? We covered that too. That, yep. that, that thing went pretty viral pretty quick. Yep. His answer was received with horror and many immediately called his idea the mark of the beast. Fast forward to 2021. The passport has been implemented throughout the world, nearly everywhere. This measure was met with resistance, protests, and even riots. The powers that be attempted to calm the public by stating that this measure was only temporary. When Delta began to subside, there were calls to remove the passport and mandatory masks. It was time to live with the virus. People were ready to enjoy the holidays as we did a couple of years ago. Then came another variant, an Omicron Christmas. Right when people were getting into the holiday spirit, a new variant came along, and the COVID marketing department decided that this thing needed an ominous name. Variants are usually 
named following the Greek alphabet, so this new one was supposed to be called Nu. However, the marketing department concluded that Nu was confusing. Also, they decided to skip the next letter, G, because <laughs> that's not how you say the Greek letter, I don't think, but it's how you say the Xi Jinping, China's dictator. Uh, China's one of the main funding sources of the WHO, so they decided not to go with G, which would have been funny. So they went straight to the letter o- Omicron. The marketing department was pleased with this evil-sounding name. That's the energy they wanted to convey for this holiday season. Weird fact. Omicron originates from the Phoenician letter Ayin, which means I. The symbol representing Delta is a triangle. The combination of the two equals the ultimate symbol of the occult elite, the I with the triangle there. Then the then started the media blitz. Holiday fun and festivities were banned everywhere. Mass media decided instead to focus on death, illness, and despair. Not only that, mass media and all elite government bodies came together to spread one message. Cancel Christmas. So a non-elected global organization is telling the entire world to cancel Christmas. Is this normal? Is this a new normal? Furthermore, local governments now seem much more concerned with managing our family lives instead of managing the health system they are paid to manage. It's got different headlines in there. COVID, better to cancel Christmas events than grieve later, warns WHO chief amid Omicron spread. No cuddling the grandkids this Christmas, says Rudy, as the Dutch extend coronavirus measures. And he says straight out of a dystopian movie. What's strange about all this hysteria is that nearly all scientific data about Omicron is positive. The variant was first detected in South Africa, where it spread exponentially. Then it took only a few weeks for cases to drop sharply. During that time, scientists observed that the symptoms were mild, hospitalizations remained stable, and more importantly, there were next to no deaths. And there's even better news. Most pandemics throughout history fizzled out by mutating into more contagious but weaker variants. As the virus attempts to reach more hosts, it also becomes much less deadly. Communities eventually develop herd immunity, a term that was banned from our vocabulary, and the pandemic eventually goes away. With that being said, mass media pundits selected to ignore all these facts. Instead, they focus on fear, division, gaslighting, and a sick obsession with canceling Christmas. Why did they refuse to give people hope? Why is there a clear focus on souring Christmas around the world? Because mass media is compromised. It is a cesspit of toxicity that aims to debase and demoralize the world. The vigilant citizen is all about exposing this racket. To understand what is happening in the world, we must first understand the mindset of the elite that controls it. By analyzing the agendas and the symbolism in mass media, I've attempted this year again to expose the full extent of its insanity. When one understands that all these people that these people are all-out Satanists, the real child-molesting ones, this obsession with ruining Christmas takes on a whole other dimension. Think back at the biggest and most influential pop culture phenomenons of the past year, all occult elite madness, the biggest music video of the year, all about bowing down to Satan himself. And that's the... What about the, the little Nos X fellow? Um... Grinding on the devil. Yeah, great. Uh, what about the biggest series of the year? All about the masses sacrificing themselves for the occult elite. That's Squid Game. We talked about that. What about the biggest live event of the year? A hellish display of the of demonic symbolism as 10 people died in the crowd. The Astroworld deal. So, In short, this year was characterized by dark and demonic energy. And when one looks at everything else that happened in the world... One cannot help but think we are living in a pivotal time in human history. Some believe we are actually in the biblical end times, complete with the mark of the beast being introduced. Does this mean we should be scared? No, we need to stand tall and fight for what is right. We're witnessing this for a reason. Even if this was the literal literal end times, guess who wins in the end? Not Satan. He loses. And his entire army of bootlickers as well. Until then, there's a sophisticated agenda to turn people into sad, bitter, hateful, debased, and demoralized individuals, because that's the best way to turn them into slaves of the elite. 
we must be the exact opposite. The vigilant citizen is all about exposing this toxic agenda. So, um, anyway, let me skip down a little bit. talks about the European Union attempting to ban the word Christmas from public speech. <laughs> so he says, they won't cancel us, we will cancel them, because no matter how insane things get, remember one thing, good always wins and evil always loses. Until then, take care of yourself and your loved ones. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and see you in 2022. Sincerely, Vigilant Citizen. So, I like it. That's a great, great little article. Yeah. I've noticed not a lot of people around here saying happy holidays. No, very explicitly you say Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is kind of nice. It is nice. It's weird. And, this, and, this, and people this, are like all out on the Christmas yeah. celebrating too. So Yeah. Well, it's weird too. Like, you know, we've come full circle. When we first started this podcast, I, you know, I was kind of anti-patriotic so to speak and kind of anti-christmas and uh <laughs> the pendulum has swung so far the other way yeah it's like you know christmas is not as bad as you guys say it is and <laughs> neither is the united states <laughs> so, right. back to the old values so um uh, on the invisible like show it, yes there was the old <laughs> you know America is exceptional propaganda, but that's a lot better than the uh, America is terrible. Um, and let's turn your children into confused Satan worshiping, you know, globalists. Like, let's, you know, we'll, we'll take the uh, land of the free, home of the brave propaganda. Yeah. Gen- yeah. Gender confused. Uh, vaccine and uh, prescription oh. dr- prescription drug addled uh, consumers with a phone in their hand. That's what, that's what we turned them into. Well, we got to play this clip because, well, I think we have to. We played it on the Invisible Show. Nobody even okay. knows what we're talking about. Let's do it. All and right, I, I'm going to pepper my uh, clip in there, too, so this should be good. And we all know well. You should feel comfortable celebrating Christmas and the holidays. If you have been living without having a vaccination, it's time for a change. If you wish to live life as normally as possible, with the ease to do the things that you love, you must be vaccinated in the city of Chicago starting January 3rd. This health order may pose an inconvenience to the unvaccinated. And in fact, is is inconvenient by design. It's about how I love my neighbor. To love one another, as Jesus said, get vaccinated, get boosted. I practice. Okay. <laughs> I guess I missed where Jesus said, get vaccinated, get boosted. Yeah, it's a third, third Thessalonians somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. Second revelation. <laughs> Very good at judging it. Uh, sin or not, I would say, let's be positive. Go and do it. All of us know people who have very strong views about not getting vaccinated. And it's, I'm really puzzled by it. I don't understand it because it seems to me that the, I'm not a scientist. I do know some of the scientists who are doing this. They're not evil people. You know, this is not a conspiracy. Goodness knows. I mean, I have enough trouble organizing a conspiracy in the Church of England. We don't even succeed then. (laughs) Let alone a national conspiracy on vaccination. It's not a conspiracy. It's not a plot. They are not bad people. They are in really difficult circumstances. Does it be wise as serpents or harmless as doves or... Just trust these people. They're they're just, not bad. Just trust the science. Yeah, is that what that's what Jesus said? Yeah, just trust the science, disciples. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Many will come in my name. They will be fooled. Book of Revelation specifically calls out pharmakia, but this guy has got a good feeling. Just be positive. He's <laughs> giving us that best advice. What I think about them is trust them. They know what they're doing. 
better than we do. They may be wrong, but they know what they're doing. Good and how they should handle it, particularly if you're if you're vaccinated and boosted. Uh, what's your best advice? So my best advice in this raging, surging uh, Omicron situation is this. Unfortunately, this is not going to be a free and open holiday time for us. We need to be particularly careful what the red lenders are doing. We're not going anywhere where there's not uh, uh, established that every single person there is fully vaccinated. And by the way, uh, Ali, fully vaccinated now means three shots. Forget the two shots. It's two shots plus the booster that we're going to need to require now. People need to be tested uh, in the day before they go to a party, and especially so if there are young children there who are not eligible to be vaccinated. And we're going to have to wear masks indoors as much as possible when we're outside the home. So a lot of precautions here, but really necessary. Ali, there have been, as you cited before, breakthroughs. Uh, and then, of course, people are not vaccinated have the risk of getting really sick, hospitalized, and dying. So another year of caution, but hopefully we'll be talking next year, Ollie, and uh, things will be a lot better. But for right now, I really implore people, please don't take chances. If someone in your family isn't vaccinated, should you ask them not to show up? Uh, yes, I, I would do that. I mean, I think we're dealing with a, a serious enough situation right now that if there's an unvaccinated person, I would say, I'm very sorry, but not this time, maybe another time when this is all over. Is the definition of fully vaccinated going to change to include boosters, Dr. Fauci? You know, it very well might. I mean, it's it's almost a semantic situation. I mean, I want people to understand that when I and my colleagues say optimal protection, particularly against Omicron, is to get your primary vaccinations plus a boost. The semantics of what you're calling fully vaccinated or not for regulatory or requirement purposes doesn't avoid the fact that if you really want to be optimally protected, go get a boost. Can we be getting together with our vaccinated loved ones or do you not recommend that? Well, Allison, I would recommend that we hang our stockings with care. I think we have to be careful. If we're all going to get together, we should all be vaccinated and preferentially boosted. We should wear our masks if we're uncertain. And another thing we can do is we could all get tested the morning of our getting together. We did that at our house over Thanksgiving because we had a member who had a very serious condition that put them at risk of very severe disease should they yeah. get infected. We were all negative. It worked out just fine. That's a little easier said than done, Dr. Schaffner. You know, it's not that easy to get those at-home rapid tests right now still. Uh, you're exactly correct. It's not a panacea, but it is something some people certainly can think about. And I would certainly say if you're going to any group event indoors, whether you're vaccinated or not, please wear your mask. And yes, I join the chorus of everyone saying vaccination, vaccination, vaccination. Yeah. If you have your first dose, bring those children in age five and older. And if you haven't gotten your booster and you're eligible, run, do not walk and get vaccinated. I love the sound, sights and sounds of fear pour in the morning. It smells like victory, right? They're in complete and total beyond meltdown. One thing said, one says one thing, another says another. You got a guy says, oh, the definition of, of fully vaccinated is this. And Fauci goes, oh, no, it's not that. But it may be for getting on, you know, regulatory. They're in complete disarray. Caught unaware by the Kamala Harris said the choir pointed out, totally caught unaware, unprepared, and now they've put the holidays. Of course, the crazy doctor they have on uh, MSNBC every night, th that madman. You know, he's saying, "Hey, just so we ruin another Christmas and holidays." Hey, look at the good news. Next Christmas might be better. <laughs> he's calling for. Here's what he wants. He wants fully vaccinated. That's three, that's two that's two shots and a boost. He wants a mask indoors the entire time you look at anybody. Nobody unvaccinated around, and to, and to sit in the garage out in the cold, 
and uh, and have an egg knot with your mask on through your mask as you test before you go in. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I just I, I don't often share personal stuff about like what's going on in my house. But, you know, in the morning when I wake up, make my way over to the crib, pull my daughter out. Shove a Q-tip up her nose, do a rapid test Just real quick, and then rap, rapid and then, test every day, and then mask on her. I mask her up immediately before her feet even hit the ground. Just mask, mask up. You know, don't can't take a chance. Ugh. Mask up. She's she's she could be deadly. Like you know what I mean? She could be she could be a carrier. Yeah, she she's too she's too young to be vaxxed. She's too young to be vaxxed. She could just just be. This is crazy, man. This is crazy. Oh. This this guy telling people to get, get a rapid test in the morning for Christmas morning. Man, I just... You know, you said something. You've said several things over the last year or two that have stuck with me. But one of the things you said is... And, and it was just kind of a off-the-cuff kind of exclamation. Like, I just want to get back to the point where politics doesn't affect every aspect of my life anymore. Yeah. It's, it's true, man. It's yeah. true. It's like, uh, you know, I'm happy to be around some family now that necessarily doesn't. I don't think that we're all in agreement on this sort of stuff, but there's no, there's no, there's no people that are going to not hang out with us. We'll put it that way. So that's, that's something. So <laughs> it's just, it's just tough out there. It's tough out there. I, I wish everybody the best for, for their Christmas. And I hope everybody gets a chance you know i'm sure there's people people probably maybe even listen to this show who whose family won't be around them because they're unvaxxed yeah i've seen a few posts like that on no agenda social people like well i guess i you know no christmas for me it's so sad but it is at the same time it's like you know they're being told by the media to exclude people as a way of like you know, it's for their own good. It's so they'll get vaccinated. It's like people have made their mind up at this point. Come on. Yeah. You know, James Evan Pilato had a really good rant on New Year's next week, uh, which was uh, just came out a little bit ago. And I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. But he said something about, you know, I don't trust that, that these people are going to wake up because they never woke up to A, B, C and D. So, yeah, it's. Is it worth our time to even keep to even keep working on them? So it was kind of a, a dark New Year's next week, but definitely just <laughs> kind of a feeling that uh, James was trying to trying to get out that uh, he's been dealing with a lot of crazy crap this year, and it's it's been, it's been intense. Yeah, there is, you know, there's instinctively though the people that are like no like we're gonna do christmas we're gonna put up christmas lights we're gonna go to the christmas parade we're gonna do all that stuff you know we've talked about it with fireworks in the past too being kind of bigger and better than ever you know people they're sending a message in their own even if they don't understand all of it the people that are open and good-hearted and not on the take you know they know Fauci's lying at some point yeah <laughs> at least he, have doubts about him yeah I, so, I I know of a I don't even I don't know I think a triple vaxxed person who exclaimed to me that they were just sick of being told different different yeah. things just well I'm told this I'm told this I'm told this and I just can't like they can't even make sense of it this is a kind of a short snapshot. Um, it's the YouTube Paul Joseph Watson video is called Scandal in Germany there. And it's short, but uh, just example number 200 of how they rig the <laughs> how they lie with statistics. 
scandal in Germany where the left-wing mayor of Hamburg is facing calls for his resignation. Peter Chencher is charged with deliberately misleading the public in order to scapegoat and discriminate against the unvaccinated. Here's what happened. Chencher gave a press conference back on November 16th claiming that 95% of new corona cases were amongst the unjabbed. He then used this figure to impose so-called 2G rules, which banned the unvaccinated from a long list of venues including bars, cafes, restaurants, gyms and cultural venues. The same policy was then rolled out across the rest of the country and even led to unvaccinated Germans being banned from outdoor Christmas markets. But you see, there was a slight problem with that 95% unvaccinated corona case figure. It was completely incorrect. Anna Elizabeth von Trauenfels Frohwein, a lawmaker for the Free Democratic Party, submitted an information request to the Hamburg Senate. And it turns out that Chencher had been counting people whose vaccination status was unknown in the unvaccinated category, thereby vastly overstating the number of unvaccinated people who were infected with the virus. As Remix highlights, actual data from week 45 when Chencher gave the press conference shows that 63.2% of patients infected with COVID-19 had an unknown vaccination status, 22.5% were vaccinated, and 14.3% were unvaccinated, meaning that from a known number of just 14.3% of corona cases being unvaccinated, Chencher falsely inflated this figure to a whopping 95%. Yeah, pretty big difference. Responding to the scandal, Chencher told Build Newspaper, quote, I regret it very much, <laughs> before he went on to blame IT systems for the error. FDP vice chairman and member of Germany's federal parliament, Wolfgang Kubicki, accuses Chencher of deliberately misleading the public. It is unbelievable and a disaster for trust in the integrity of state action when a state government clearly presents manipulated figures, he said. Mayor Chencher will have to explain himself to Parliament and should say why the Hamburg Senate considers it necessary to deceive its citizens with such tricks. Trauenfels Frohwein said Chencher was legally responsible for interfering with the fundamental rights of Germans. Will this massive act of manipulation lead to the reversal of 2G policies that discriminate against the unjabbed in Germany? No, not at all. And now they're about to pass a mandatory vaccination law on top of it. So the interesting part about that, that's a new way of uh, manipulation. You just count the unknown as unvaccinated. Yeah, don't ask. Just don't ask him or or just say you didn't ask him. Right. You know, or, you know, are they are some people bringing vaccine cards? Are you saying, well, if I don't see proof, then I'm putting them down as unvaccinated. Sure. But even taking all of that. The actual numbers were 22% were vaccinated. 100 yeah. minus 22 is 78%. It's not 95%. <laughs> so even if you say, right. yes, all the unknowns, you know, honest mistake, you still don't get to 95%. 95% was a talking point, you know, variations of it. 99, 95, you know, it's still being pushed out there. I've seen it in local papers. I've seen it in, you know, big city papers. I've seen it in, of course, the cable talking heads, you know, and there's, there's no basis for it. When you dig into it, it's just not true. And people working in the hospitals will tell you it's not true, but I don't know. And by the way, there's show me the study that says, Oh, it's, uh, less severe in the vaccinated than the unvaccinated. They they don't even really make that claim anymore. They just say, well, it's generally mild in the vaccinated, which is true. But what the part they're not saying is it's generally mild in the unvaccinated too. <laughs> the Omicron is gener- generally mild. It's like one of the things that it has, right? If you if you can't tell the difference between Omicron and a cold probably shouldn't skip Christmas over it. I've just had my third shot. A booster, they call it. How many more are they going to make us get? Don't know. Don't care. Because I, like you probably, understand there is a global pandemic and people much, much smarter than you and me have decided this is the best plan of action to avoid lots more people dying or 
cluttering up hospital hallways. You and I, we're doing our part by getting one more little prick and not being one. Who was that? Uh, Brittle Star? I don't know. Uh, I'm so convinced. Yeah, he's, he's a good confused, you know. <laughs> Number one comment, Luke Wardkowski. I don't know about you, but if I had three smallpox vaccines in a nine-month period and then caught smallpox, I would have <laughs> some questions and not be an obedient sheep that just blindly does what he's being told by Big Pharma. But hey, that's just me to each his own. Yeah, the smallpox vaccine didn't work either, but yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> they actually did give out uh multiple smallpox vaccines and people did get smallpox after it but yeah you're kidding me oh no they would give out some people like oh yeah they've had six smallpox vaccinations and they got smallpox you know i live way out here in the country as you know but uh the other day some guy came by and he offered us blankets i said no but you know he wanted to give them to us anyway i said, <laughs> I said, I said get out of here sir <laughs> just and I don't, I don't accept blankets from anybody. He said he was, yeah. with, he was with FEMA, but it made me even more. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, smallpox blankets there. Yeah, some smallpox blankets. I think that's blankets. mainly a myth, but yeah. Do you think so? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's check in with uh, your homeland here. Oregonia? Yeah. Did you like my no agenda social post of I didn't Kate see Brown it. holding the... Oh, you sent that to me. Go, yeah, in good. the rain? Yeah, I sent it to you. Yeah, That's good. That should be our our show art. <laughs> Kate Brown holding the goat in the rain. <laughs> I thought this was good. Well, we know a lot of you have questions about the mask mandate here in Oregon, and specifically about the governor's attendance at a D.C. gala where she was pictured repeatedly without a mask. We've been trying to get your questions answered, but the governor's office is refusing to talk with us. This was made abundantly clear during today's news conference. K2's Genevieve Rayom live in northwest Portland with that side of the story. Genevieve, you were on that Zoom call today, but never called on. Yeah, Steve, I was one of the first reporters to log into this Zoom conference, and I was the very first reporter to raise my hand with a question. This Zoom press conference lasted more than an hour. Almost every other media outlet was allowed to ask questions, sometimes several questions, but the K2 reporters were never called on. We're here to give an update on COVID-19 in Oregon. For the first time in nearly three months, Governor Brown held a COVID-19 news conference. I was one of the first reporters to log on to that Zoom conference and the first reporter to raise their hand with a question, but I was never called on. Either was my colleague Kelly Ozer. Here's the thing. It's clear to us that this is becoming a trend. The governor has been refusing to answer our questions ever since we started pressing her on that event in D.C. Early December, the governor went to a gala in D.C. Nearly everyone inside was maskless. That was in accordance with local rules, but starkly against what Governor Brown has told Oregonians to do. Her staff told us then she wore a mask majority of the time. We followed up with her political advisor, Chris Pear, saying even if she wore a mask, it's clear she feels safe taking her own precautions. So why don't Oregonians have that same privilege? He told us no additional comment. Thank you all so much for being here. The next day, we drove down to Salem, where the governor was at an event in person. Hey, to the people who are upset about what happened over in D.C., I am. Her staff, again, refused to take our questions, quickly whisking the governor away. That same day, I emailed Charles Boyle, the governor's deputy communications director, noting I had only wanted to ask a few questions and it wouldn't have taken much time. I then asked to schedule a formal interview, offering to keep it to 10 minutes if necessary. I never got a response. I followed up a week later, still nothing. Now, this is our effort to be transparent with you, so you know we are trying to get your questions answered. I did send another email to Charles Boyle today listing the three specific questions that we wanted to ask the governor during that Zoom press conference. I'll let you know what he said coming up at 6 o'clock. For now, live here in Northwest Portland, Genevieve Rayom, K2 News. Absolutely stay on top of it, Genevieve. I know you will. Thank you for that tonight. Also. <laughs> That guy's been on TV since I was a kid. The guy talking? Yeah. The, yeah. the anchor. 
Yeah, that's cool. It's it's weird when that happens, right? I I was flipping through the channels here locally, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> I, I came across you. yeah, I came across yeah. an anchor. I was like, oh, ooh, ooh. felt like I was like you know, ten years old, fifteen years yeah. old again. It's like this is weird. What are you yeah. doing here? <laughs> this is awkward. I didn't even bring a Christmas card. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So Kate Brown is uh, not into it. But um, I'm hearing, you know, more and more people in Oregon saying, I went to the store without a mask on. Yeah, no one said anything. (laughs) This is this is good. Yeah. But uh, it's not good enough, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so let's just talk about this real quick. Uh, For those people who don't listen to No Agenda Show, uh, you know, Adam kind of posited the theory that the the vaccine stage is mostly over what they're going to do now is try and get people to test constantly and then the test will be tied to a to an app on your phone where you'll have a qr code so that way they can do the track and trace it feels like they may be giving up on the vaccine front and just do the track and trace and then just ease us into the vaccine slater thoughts well i think the the control grid is the bigger part of the agenda absolutely yep and we've talked about that a lot, but it, they're not stopping with the vaccines. Yeah. I mean, as long as there is, you know, even a few million people out there willing to jab every new booster into their arm, they'll keep, they'll keep that train rolling. Yeah. I, I guess that's, I guess, you know, that's true. And an interesting kind of thought I had earlier, we were, you, that article mentioned the Reddit post where Bill Gates casually mentions, hey, there, there, there could be uh, an app on your phone which would track your vaccination status. Um, and then that went like viral. People took pictures of it, sn- screenshotted it. The comment below it that says, you already have a big plan for this. It's going to be Real ID 2020, right? was like this massively upvoted thing. It was all over Twitter. It was all over Reddit. People were super upset. But now those it's kind of funny because that was in March of 2020 and oh how far we've come <laughs> now that you know the mass formation has kind of begun to run its course or has run its course this whole time I don't think it's as in not only is it just like a off the cuff conspiracy statement which gets all people all excited about it but now they're kind of outright saying those things and doesn't seem like anybody really cares. Just kind of shows the pot, you know, frog in the kettle approach is, you know, there's a year and a half later, we move them towards, move everybody towards a certain direction and they'll go willingly, but not right away. They can't go right away. You have to incrementally move, kick the can down the road. But they have to convey what the plan is. And so Let's throw in the little Klaus Schwab clip. It's the Twitter sats are the standard clip. Um, It says he's back and he's talking about digital antibodies. Masks are not sufficient. We need vaccines to immunize ourselves. The same is true for cyber attacks. Here too, we have to move from simple protection to immunization. We need to build IT infrastructures that have digital antibodies built in inherently to protect themselves. Digital antibodies. <laughs> digital antibodies. Which What exactly is a digital antibody? It's a QR code on your phone. Oh, what? Or, yeah, <laughs> quantum dot tattoo on your arm. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's... It's all part of the same agenda, same people pushing it. Um, you know, we, you can look back and see all the exercises on the pandemics and how it's played out. Um, we should probably, I don't know what we do, but they're planning something. Oh, yeah. This this whole, you know, cyber pandemic, digital antibodies, point people again to the Bitcoin is a PSYOP episode. I think it's important uh, from James Corbett pointing out the differences between Bitcoin and some other cryptocurrencies, especially the Federal Reserve and other central bank 
back digital currencies. Um, Jack Dorsey of Twitter fame. I just happened to stumble on this article. Jack Dorsey blocked on Twitter by Mark Andreessen after Web3 comments. Okay. So in Web3, it's kind of like a blockchain-based deal. And, you know, there's ideas of it being decentralized, but it's not really decentralized. Um, I think Dorsey tweeted, you don't own Web3, the V... The VCs, meaning venture capitalists, and their LPs do it will never escape their incentives. It's ultimately a centralized entity with a different label. So then down at the bottom, he talks about um, <clears throat> Ethereum. He says, I'm anti-centralized, venture capital-owned, single point of failure, and corporate-controlled lies, Dorsey said. If your goal is anti-establishment, I promise you it isn't Ethereum. So that's interesting. Um, Alex Jones has been talking recently about how uh, Jack Dorsey actually reached out to him. And he assumed that it was like a, a trap. <laughs> right. Basically, so he blew him off. But, you know, he, I, it's, a, it's a confusing thing. Cause, but also Jack Dorsey just stepped down as CEO of Twitter. No, it's a confusing thing for sure. Um, another one, he didn't he post a picture of Lysander, like a picture of Lysander Spooner yeah, book? Which is like the ultimate libertarian. Our enemy, the yeah. state? Yeah. So is he, I mean, he's not slick like Elon Musk, right? Elon's got everybody like, oh, he's so cool, Elon. He's so internet for the whole world. Oh, you got a flamethrower company. Oh, chip my brain. <laughs> Chip my put a, brain. Chip it, put a chip in my brain. Oh, oh, whatever you say. Where's the nearest charging station? Oh, oh. <laughs> right. He, like he, 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 oh, SpaceX, you're so cool. You went higher than those other billionaires. Oh, I can't stand these people. But anyway, um, he's not as polished as Elon. He's definitely got some kind of uh, crazy, you know, megalomaniac tendencies. And there's even some Pizzagate smell around him. But weird stuff, posting pictures of Lysander Spooner, talking to Adam Curry about trying to get federated, uh, inquiring about Bitcoin and Ethereum and the blockchain. I mean, it's – is he – I don't know. Is he just trying to future-proof himself? Is is he genuinely curious? Is he just shilling for well, – his, his Twitter account <laughs> just says Bitcoin. <laughs> Like That's all it says. Yeah. Right. Right now, he always changes changes that. But you know, another one that confuses me is, uh, and we we could talk about this a little bit. Yeah, there it is. Bitcoin. It didn't used to just say Bitcoin. No, uh, I know. But he changes it. But uh, he's also a huge backer of Signal. Maybe the biggest backer of Signal. Hmm. It's kind of funny. I heard Joe Rogan mention Signal the other day too. I think a lot of people moving over to Signal. Anyway, I, I don't know. I can't make heads or tails of Jack Dorsey. He's a he's yeah. a strange one. So. Well, and you mentioned Elon Musk. Elon Musk, you know, I I got to admit, I enjoy the poking back at Elizabeth Warren. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's sure. like it's like, dude, you want to put chips in my brain, and you're driving the bogus electric self-driving car thing. Yeah, exactly. No, I. I mean, and the no. and the spy satellite grid. It's yep. like you you are their agenda. Yep. But yep. But he's cool, Andrew. Check check out his Satanist. And your wife's girlfriend. a Satanist. Yeah. <laughs> Big red flag, as they say. I wonder if it's true that they bought up a whole neighborhood in uh, in Austin, just started tearing down houses and bought up a whole neighborhood. Well, it could be true. I mean, the guy's, un, you know, um, he's paid more in taxes than he'll pay more in taxes this year than some country's gross domestic product. So, yeah, kind of obscene. Well, it's obscene because he, wealth there. Yeah. Well, when we talk about 
the 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 billionaires who got rich <laughs> who got rich uh from the pandemic sorry that's not funny it's just i was looking at jack's uh twitter page and on the right it says you might also like bill gates or jeff bezos <laughs> <laughs> Is that the new Twitter CEO already screwing with them? Similar to Jack, Barack Obama, Biz Stone, Trump 45 archived, weird, Bill Gates, and Binance. Anyway, what do we do, man? What do we do? We got we to gotta end this on a good note. Here, let me let me get a palate cleanser, okay? Let me read this story. I got a palate yep. cleanser for us, and we need to kind of wrap it up and – and get to our families and have a have a great Christmas. I hope every, I want to give the love to everybody else. I hope everybody has a great Christmas and a great uh, next year. But this is from the Banger Daily News, of course, Banger Maine. Uh, something that I, you know, after I mask up my one year old in the morning, I ch- generally <laughs> will check check BangerDailyNews.com. Uh, but the Hancock County uh, Sheriff's Office wants to know: Have you lost an ATM recently? misplaced it perhaps yes you read that correctly an atm a north I- a north deer isle woman put a detective put detective steve mcfarlane onto one of the strangest found property cases he's seen in his 30-year career when she reported finding the computer-driven money dispenser at about 7:15 on tuesday the lady was out for her morning walk like she does every day and saw it standing upright on the edge of the woods where she walked she called us she said, this does not look right. McFarland saw immediately what she meant when he got to the site of the discovery. In the woods, about six-tenths of a mile off a dirt road, Dexter Farm Road to be precise, which runs off of Route 15 in North Deer Isle. Footprints left in the snow, likely those of the several people who placed it there, ring the title ATM machine. <laughs> McFarland recognized it immediately as a common brand and the smaller kind typically found at convenience stores. He's, uh, and it was alongside another small dirt road in an area frequented by outdoorsmen. It was like set up for a hunter who might need quick cash for a cup of coffee in the middle of the woods, McFarland said. It's not of, unheard of for police to discover this kind of machinery castaway in hard-to-reach spots, but that's usually in cases of burglary where someone breaks into a convenience store after closing hours and carts away an ATM. Lesser burglars leave them along roads badly damaged after being pried open usually tossed out of a moving vehicle like a pickup truck. But this machine is intact, and no one has reported it missing or stolen recently. A tip received Wednesday afternoon uh, thought it might be an ATM from a, uh, stolen from a diner in Brunswick last fall that turned out to be a dead end. Usually they are just thrown into the woods, ripped open, and smashed up. If you get the cash out of it, you certainly have, it, have to rip it open. One clue that supports this theory, when McFarlane plugged in the machine, it didn't work. It was a little bit older. When you look at it up close, I'm thinking it was discontinued from service and someone wanted to get rid of it and thought it would be a good joke. McFarlane hasn't uh, broken open the machine yet to see if it has money in it. He's trying to trace the machine to its owner through the serial number. He says he is prepared to go along with the humor up to a point if the owner of whoever left the ATM in the woods would call him at 207 blah, 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 blah. I could charge them with littering, but I don't think I will. I don't think I would do that. I would probably want the owner to come and get it and dispose of it more appropriately. Well, there you go. I can't say I've ever found an ATM in the woods. <laughs> There's a photo it, of it, too. It's, I, not, it's not laying there. It's literally standing up. Like, <laughs> like it's just an, just an ATM machine. No yeah. big deal. I think someone tried to steal the ATM machine, one of them, from the college campus when I was there, but it was an unsuccessful robbery attempt. Very cool. Well, what's uh, anything else we have to get to? uh, I just want to throw this out there. Um, Important on our show. I don't know about other shows, but Mm -hmm. uh, Richard Gage, who's started architects and engineers for 9-11 truth they had that episode of the spike lee hbo series right 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 yep 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 yep. and then that ended up not showing Mm -hmm. and architects and engineers blamed him because in a separate interview he had made comments about being a covid denier you know 
like like us. Um, and so they fired him. Like I, he started Architects and Engineer, and the board voted him out. So wait, what? So don't uh, don't give any money to Architects and Engineers for 9/11 Truth. So they fired him. Why did they fire him? Because he made comments about COVID that gave Spike Lee an excuse to not show the documentary. I don't know. It's interesting. So anyway, Richard Gage 911.org. That's the mm. new site. Okay. So in our the person who's written in that worked with them, I don't know if she still works with Richard Gage or still works at architects and engineers or maybe there's more to the story i'd be interested to hear it but ah yes 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 i know who you are of whom you are speaking yeah very cool so hopefully we get some some more information but i don't know i I always thought he was one of the the most credible people in 9-11 truth and I watched this I'm presentation to see that that happened. So my wife and I went to went to the architects and engineers for 9/11 Truth in Seattle, almost like downtown Seattle at a town hall. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. And uh, years ago, but and there were probably more liberals there than conservatives. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. But it was okay to be liberal and question the government. <laughs> Remember those days? Yeah. So the on that note of kind of CEOs changing hands, so we got Jack Dorsey, Richard Gage, and then the British Medical Journal. Um, it's appointing a new editor in chief, and British Medical Journal has been doing great work. So I'm hopeful that the great work continues. Um, but if all of a sudden they take a downward go into a downward spiral, we'll know why. So, Sure. Let me see. Well, we didn't cover it on this iteration of the show, but uh, the how RFK Jr. went from a good guy to an anti-vaxxer, which I thought was a really cool story. Essentially, he starts out warning people about mercury and fish, and the mercury problem that uh, warning people not to yeah. eat fish, uh, especially when they're pregnant, but then... Trying okay. to get... Trying to get mercury out of the water supplies. Yep. Yep. And then was kind of found by some people whose sons had got autism and they wouldn't leave him alone. They (laughs) said, hey, you know about uh, sons or daughters. You know about uh, mercury. You understand that it's deadly. Read this stuff. Sure enough. Yeah. Yeah. What happens when you inject it into kids' bloodstream? Hmm. It eventually disappears. (laughs) It disappears. Disappears right into the brain. Oh, into the brain. Yeah, it disappears from the bloodstream, but it goes into the brain. So, so all the man, they've been pumping. They've been finding ways to get mercury into kids for over a hundred years now. That's wild. all the way back to the the teething powder days. So they gave mercury in powder to kids. Yes. Yep. Teething powder. Um, that's a Rockefeller and, invention if I've ever seen one. Yep. That's why the uh, polio was called a teething disease. It's got something to do with the teething process. Oh, oh that's right. Mercury poisoning well, maybe is the exact you, same thing as polio. Yeah. Isn't that kind of what we, you and I had kind of texted back and forth about? Well, the the Forest Moridi book, uh, Moth in the Iron Lung, goes through the whole history of polio. So it's, yes, it's much more to do with heavy metal poisoning and much less to do with a virus. So. Tethina, mercury. That's uh, one, one of them, but yeah. Yeah, Tethina will make baby as fat as pig. Always uh-huh. allies irritation, ALDS, AIDS, inject. Sorry, it's a picture of a uh, old 
newspaper. AIDS digestion regulates the bowel, strengthens the child, makes the teeth healthy. Teethina relieves the bowel trouble of children at any age. Just give them mercury. This is the same people you just got to trust the science, right? Yep. Same people pushing the vaccines today. So. Absolutely. Well, what's the plans for Christmas? What are you guys going to do? I'm trying to... <laughs> trying to recover but uh you know we've got no family so no plans sure other outside of our immediate family so okay okay so just hanging there at the house yep we're doing a, a round with the grandparents you do any get any traditions what, what, what what's a tradition at the hoffman household around christmas you got any oh i mean we usually let let them open a present on Christmas Eve. That's and a then good one. The rest of them Christmas morning. So, any reading of the Bible story? Yeah, usually that was with the <clears throat> kind of the larger family gathering, but we'll have to do it just with us. So. Yeah, yeah, we do that. We also do. My wife, I love this. My wife, uh, her family, Sicilian, at least some of them. Which always weirds me out about Fauci. Like, this dude is clearly Sicilian. Because <laughs> <laughs> she has family members that do, at around that age, too. Don't look dissimilar. It's like, ah. Oh. Anyway. Uh, makes makes a lasagna Christmas Eve. Makes a big lasagna. Which is not traditional, but uh, still delicious. Still delicious, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely delicious. So, we'll have our big lasagna in the morning. We try to get a Kringle. Uh, for those Germans out there, or people who know what I'm talking about, the Kringle—it's always a good, it's a good treat for Christmas morning. But if we, you know, unfortunately, haven't found a good German bakery around here, so I don't know. Might just have to do waffles or something like that. Um, <laughs> on, on the waffle note, mm-hmm. this is an actual quote. Wait a second. There's a restaurant called Waffle House. I thought it was just a type of restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lori, welcome to the South. Yes, this is, <laughs> this is Waffle House, as uh, as yeah. uh, as Jim Gaffigan likes to say. Yeah. Uh, the, nobody has ever eaten at a Waffle House sober. <laughs> and here's something you'll never hear at a Waffle House. Great job cleaning up. <laughs> uh. <laughs> He's like, Waffle House, it's 2 a.m. There's still time for one more mistake. <laughs> um, besmirching the good name of Waffle House. I haven't been since, well, that's it, that's the weird part about being back here is, man, I have some memories, especially down here in this Norman area. I lived here last year before I joined uh, joined the Navy. So there's literally a Waffle House that I used to frequent in my teens. Not entirely sober. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, maybe we'll have waffles or something to that effect. And uh, we always get a real tree. We got a real tree. Try to go to a tree farm, which is cool. We already did all that. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Lasagna Christmas Eve, which is pretty pretty fun. And then... Uh, just go play in the snow. Oh, wait. Yeah. Not here. It's going to be 80 degrees on Christmas Day. <laughs> Might have to play golf. <laughs> well, maybe Christmas Eve. So. <laughs> No way the golf is open. How many how many times have you hit the course this week? You should let the let the people know what, what the Hoffman oh, House zero, is really up zero to. Zero this week. Yeah. Oh, not feeling good. No good. Well, um, yeah. Well, we'll figure out a way to, to, to hang out over this next week for sure. And uh, yeah, everybody out there, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas and on into a Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, I think that in a lot of ways, just Put away your phone. The pandemic stops when you stop ingesting media and uh, enjoy your family. Enjoy the yeah. people around you. If you believe in God, trust in in in, in the Lord in this time of uh, uncertainty. If you don't believe in God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> if you don't believe in God, uh, don't listen to my co-host. But, uh, you know, call out to him. Just be like, hey. If you're real, you know, I'd love to get a sign or something like that. I don't know. Just try. Just try. Uh, 
we'll be, I mean, I can, I'll pray. That's what I'll do this week. I'll pray for those who listen to the show who don't believe in God. And if people who listen to the show do believe in God, would they pray for me, please? It's been a, it's been crazy. It's been a hard, hard transition. And uh, I think pray for both households that kids stay healthy and uh, we all get through this transition. It's been, uh, I hate to use the word traumatic, but you know, these last couple of years have been traumatic and it has led to this huge life change that both of our families have made. So, you know, it is, I think part of it all, right? Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I knew Christmas was going to be tough, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Certainly, certainly is. Um, but, you know, I hope everybody out there has a great, has a great Christmas and a great coming up year. I'm, I'm excited. Maybe this next year can actually be better. I'll be concentrating more on my like personal health and my family and just trying to uh, make the best of uh, every day that I wake up and, I'm the leader or, you know, of the household here. Just make sure that it, within the house, there's happiness and joy and not just anxiety and adults looking at their phone with short tempers and things like that. I think it's a good goal for everybody. Yeah. And if you don't have parent, if you don't have uh, kids, then what's wrong? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> go, go forth and multiply there. Absolutely. Well, do you have any words of wisdom for us before we wrap it up here? Oh, not not in particular, you know, just uh, appreciate all the people that have reached out, the emails and what have you. So there's uh, Chris Cable there on Facebook sending me interesting stuff every day and Will sending text messages with them, interesting stuff and encouragement. So thanks to everybody and, and Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. We will be back um, probably next week, but uh, hope that you guys all have a great Christmas. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast.